Hi, Melissa. I grew up in Leonardo, New Jersey. The one time we went to Action Park, my brother almost drowned. We watched a girl fly into the concrete off the Tarzan swing, and my mom lost her top. She was wearing a one-piece on one of the slides. Yeah. And uh, that's my story of Action Park. We only went once. Once was enough. Okay, thanks. So, my name is Ken. Uh, I am from Hamilton, which is basically Trenton. Uh, we share a zip code. Uh, and I hope you won't be disappointed with this, so I'll keep it short. Uh, I don't have anything that you're not going to hear from other people, but in short, if you're from anywhere near Philadelphia in New Jersey, when you go to the beach, you do so by heading east until you hit water, which means you hit Belmar. And if you've never walked across the beach and stumbled upon people having vigorous sex, you've never been to Belmar after 7 p.m. And again, I'm sure you have like 9,000 messages saying exactly that, so just consider this support of the data that I'm sure you already have. Love your show. Love the commentary about Action Park. Be well. Hey, Chris. Uh, my name's Ricky. I'm from Kearney. So I grew up in North Jersey, Hudson County. And um, <laughs> one thing that I was always told growing up, if we were going to the shore or taking a road trip, my dad would just say to me to, quote, not stop at the rest stops in South Jersey because it's just different down there. End quote. <laughs> um, I may be paraphrasing, but that was the vibe. I never really got the full story of what's going on in those rest stops from him. But uh, a couple years ago, we were back home visiting, taking some uh, out-of-town friends to the shore and stopped at the Cheesequake rest stop. And one, just explaining that rest stop to somebody is kind of intense, but, you know, <laughs> those things don't exist in other places. And we saw a guy get out of his car, go to a cologne kiosk in the rest stop, purchase what I'm assuming was Polo Sport, and get back in his car and drive away. He did not use the bathroom. He didn't get a drink of water. He got off the parkway, parked at the Cheesequake rest stop to buy cologne and immediately get back in the car to hit the shore. I haven't lived in New Jersey in about 12 years, but things like this make me so nostalgic. I can't wait to see what you're doing um, for this project. And, uh, yeah, man, <laughs> North Jersey does not trust the South Jersey rest stops, apparently. <laughs> Who knows what's going on down there? Cologne buying for sure. Thanks, Chris. Hey, what's going on there, Chris? You know, my name's Chris, too. They call me Chrissy Boombats. I'm actually out from West Orange. I was going to say, uh, Chris, uh, first time caller, long time listener. I'm a great big fan of your show. But uh, if you're from the area, you should already know you've got to go to Jimmy Buffs in West Orange. There's nothing like a nice, greasy, real, you know, hot dog or sausage, whatever you like. They got it all there. They got hot dogs and sausages cheesesteaks with the peppers and the onions and the potatoes. As soon as you step in there, you feel like you're stepping back in time. They keep it real old school. Great staff, food, you know, great prices, too. Not going to break the bank over some, you know, some good eats. And definitely recommend it. If New Jersey was uh, a sandwich or a hot dog, whatever you want to call it, it would be a Jimmy Buffs. 
sandwich, hot dog, sausage. Definitely highly recommended. If you're from New Jersey, you got to go there. Yeah, we got good Chinese food. Yeah, we got good pizza. But you got to go to the Jimmy Buffs. These old school places that serve you food in the pizza roll and the, in the pizza dough bread, you don't see places like this anymore. Jimmy Buffs is a part of history. Not only West Orange history, but New Jersey history. Highly recommend it. And you never know. If you're ever in the area, let's get a dog, huh? On me. Salute. Hello, and welcome to New Jersey is the World. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the debut episode of New Jersey is the World. This is a new monthly podcast. It's also a Patreon. I'm going to break it all down to you. I'm telling you. Me and my friends, we've been working so hard on this thing, and I am hoping that you enjoy it because we've had so much fun making it. I gathered up a bunch of my Jersey friends, and we tried to just be productive during the quarantine. It's been difficult. I know there's some people out there finding that difficult, no judgment, but we said, let's just make a bunch of audio content exploring our love of our native land of New Jersey, and I really think we've stumbled into something so cool and so funny, and we're approaching it from so many different angles, and man, do I hope you like it. I really do. I really do. And if you're from New Jersey, I hope this is just like the greatest cultural celebration of New Jersey that's ever been presented in podcast form. And if you're not from New Jersey, but you like things like Springsteen and The Sopranos and Action Park and and Jersey Shore and The Real Housewives, all these things that are both very, very cool and very, very ridiculous, explore all sides of New Jersey. I, I think you'll like it whether or not you're from NJ. Anyway, this is the flagship show. This is a monthly podcast. You go ahead, you subscribe right now. Every month we will drop an episode into your lap. You're going to love it. And you're going to see there's a central core piece of it that we'll give you every month. This month it's an episode of Wotown, which is me and my friends Mike D and Bonaduce. We'll be talking a lot about the amusement park culture of New Jersey later in the show. And then we also give you a teaser of all these other things. And those are things that you can find long blown out versions of on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. And I'm telling you, I had a meeting, a Zoom meeting with the people from Patreon before we launched this thing. First thing they said to me, we feel like you are giving away too much for the money you're charging. And I am proud of that. I said, we're not changing that. Here's what else you get. You get a second episode of Wotown, an entire second episode. This month, it's one that is all about uh, the lingo, the, the dialect of New Jersey, the New Jersey dictionary, so you can know what the hell we're talking about on this show. You also get an episode of Voices from the Jug Handle. Now, you heard those four voicemails at the top of this show. We have a 25 minute episode that's just your voicemails out there. You get that at the $5 tier. And if you want to leave a voicemail about anything, you want to respond to anything you hear uh, during this show, if you want to hear, respond to any of those voicemails, tell us about other places you like, other messed up things you've seen at the shore, whatever it is, 973-780-4660. You might wind up on the show someday. We're also going to have Jersey Dude Reviews Jersey Food. This is my great friend in this world, Don Finelli, Bergen County native. He's also a fantastic cook, loves food. He's reviewing all the different cuisines that New Jersey has to offer. You get that at the $5 tier. And if you sign up at the $10 tier, you also get videos of him unboxing the food, cooking the food, eating the food. Each month we are also on our $10 tier. And can you even believe, I bet some people right here are going, he's not lying. 
They're bringing the heat. It's a lot of content. We have a Q&A where we get everybody together from all the different shows. Me, Mike, Nick, and Don. We call ourselves the Garden State Gagoots. That's the super group. And we do a Q&A. And this can be for anybody, uh, but specifically, we have been taking voicemails on this one from people who aren't from New Jersey asking about New Jersey. And it's been eye-opening and hilarious and I want you to leave your voicemails if you got any questions about Jersey. And for the Jersey people, you're going to go, oh my God, that's what people think of us. It's really amazing. You also get Bonaduce's visual aids, photo evidence that lays out a lot of the different things that we, we talk about on the show. We're going to get six episodes of Fizzy Boys on the air. That's less NJ related, but that's me and Don bringing back our old soda podcast that we love so much. Because why not? You get discounts on all the merch. You get so much. You get so much. Patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. Okay, now those voicemails you heard from Chrissy Boombots at the end, who might be my spirit animal. He might be the spirit animal of all of New Jersey, actually. Thank you so much for the voicemail, Chrissy Boombots. You're going to be really happy to hear that Don's first food review and get it on the Patreon. It's of Jimmy Buffs. Let's go ahead and hear a teaser. And do they give you, I've heard that they give you actual oil, the Jimmy Chris, Buffs oil or not? This is the creme de la creme. In a little glass jar, they give you their oil, but it's seasoned oil. Okay, is it used? I don't th- like. I don't think that would necessarily be sanitary, but I, th- I feel like they throw oil on their grill, mm-hmm. right, and then just like rebottle it. Oh. I'll fast forward. When I tasted it, I go, "This is it," right? Like, there's no doubt, and it's what the unifying factor is that oil because. I have this whole, you know, transfer a chi theory that I was telling you about with yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. oils. Yeah. And the oil that they give you, their oil, it, it is so good and it tastes like fucking Jimmy Buffs, man. And it is. When was no the last doubt. time you had Jimmy Buffs when, uh, back in the day? 25 years ago. <laughs> now, if you want to hear a full hour of Don breaking down the different elements of what makes Jimmy Buffs great, a long stretch where he very passionately talks about the chi of cooking ware and oil and how important it is. It's it's really an amazing conversation where we talk so in-depth about bread and potatoes and peppers and onions and and most of all how he thinks of 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 grill tops in actual spiritual terms. It's a beautiful thing. Go check it out at the Patreon. And if you want to reply, you got other hot dog places you like, you have experiences at Jimmy Buffs, good or bad, 973-780-4660. Leave a voicemail, let us know. Now, I mentioned the Garden State Gagoots. This is our Voltron coming together, our Wu-Tang Clan, our traveling Wilburys, or like when Jay-Z and Linkin Park put out an album together. Okay? You get the point of what I'm saying. You get this at our $10 tier and you're going to really love it. Like I said, New Jersey natives, this lets you know what people are out there wondering about with us. It's, it's an eye-opening and hilarious thing. Uh, let's hear one of the questions from the first hour that you'll get this month. Jenica, thank you for the great question. I want to get to our next voicemail. This one, again, uh, two questions that I think are very valid. And let's go ahead and hear from Jenica. I'm Jenica. I'm from Pensacola, Florida. Um, I was calling to ask why you're not allowed to pump your own gas in New Jersey. It's always been a question of mine. Also, growing up in New Jersey, do most people, like, go to school 
No. With family, <laughs> like a family name of the mob, do you know, like, the mob. people that are, I guess, family names that are associated with crime in oh, your yeah. town? Of course. Do you go to school? Does everyone, like, know those families? Yeah. Did you? Did everyone go to school with one person that they knew that their family was involved in that? Yes. Okay, thanks. <laughs> now Nick is answering over and again. Would you? I would agree with Nick, Mike D, Don. Would you say, yeah, you kind of know there's some mob families in your school? True or false? I mean, I think in. I think great question, Jenica. And to be really honest, I think you're underselling it because I would posit if you are Italian and from New Jersey, like at least two of us on this podcast, yep. you have people in your family who are, you know one way or another connected <laughs> to you the always mob knew in a very minor way. Something always fell off a truck and that's no joke. I mean, it's like, you know. <laughs> now, what I love about Jenica though, is you could tell, I really loved it. Cause the, the pump your own gas thing, the, I, the answer I have the is, answer for that. Nick will have the real answer for that. But the mob thing is so funny to me to listen to because it's so adorable. Well, because Jenica repeated it like four or five times of like, is it really like that? And we're all sitting there after the first time going like, yeah, like there's people in your neighborhood, you you know, are kind of involved in a low level. There's kids from school where you know the last name and you see the car they drive and you're like, yeah, I've heard the stories. Like it was answer, more family, at least though. in North Jersey. Yeah. I would say Bergen County is though classy. So I, not in my high school, like you didn't know like a certain, you know, like, but family members, sure. That that's always extended out, but that was always a sense of like, I don't know, like that was always a sense of like, don't talk about that. It was like embarrassing. And like, you just don't talk about that stuff. So they were, just, uh, up there in Bergen County, they're, they're prominent Italians. They don't want to be associated <laughs> with organized that's crime. That's right. Yeah. We dress in suits. <laughs> <laughs> Good suits, not not the bad suits. <laughs> so again, everybody, every month, the Garden State Gagoots get together for a Q&A with you. And if you have any questions about New Jersey, no matter where you're from, 973-780-4660. If you're in Jersey, leave questions. If you're out of Jersey, even better. And uh, again, 973-780-4660. We want your voicemails. We want your questions. And you can hear the blown out full episode at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. Now, you're about to hear a full episode of Woe Town. This is three guys who grew up together in West Orange, New Jersey, also went to Rutgers University together, all live in Jersey again today. You can see just a lot of love between us, a lot of experience with this place. And you're going to hear an episode where we talk a lot about the amusement park culture of New Jersey, because New Jersey residents will tell you it's not just Action Park. It's not. Okay. And again, for just $5 on the Patreon, you get an entire second full episode this month. You get all of this. Okay. You get the New Jersey dictionary this month. And there's things we say in Jersey that other people don't understand. There's ways we pronounce things. There's big chunks of sort of Italian Jersey English hybrid slang that everybody kind of learns growing up in Jersey. You'll hear about all this. You'll learn how we talk. It'll be a great thing. If you listen moving forward, you'll get a lot more of the references. So, again, everybody's been watching uh, Class Action Park on HBO Max. It, 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 I'm, I was in it. I've been amazed at the feedback. It seems like everybody on Earth watched that thing. And thank you to everybody reaching out with kind words for me. But made me realize people might not know about 
Great Adventure and Wild West City and Bowcraft and all these other places. So you're going to hear about that. And the, frankly, the, the way that anybody in North Jersey at least can vouch, carnivals. The carnival in the high school field is a violent and dark thing. So check it out. And if you hear anything in here that you want to respond to, we didn't talk about Diggerland. We missed out on a lot of the South Jersey stuff. Let us know if you had experience at these places too, 973-780-4660. You might wind up in a future edition of the show. Can't wait for you to hear the first episode of Woe Town. I love this town. I love this town just like loving a hamburger on the sesame bun. Yeah. Everybody in the world's been talking about Action Park lately, but if you're from Jersey, you know there's about a dozen other messed up theme parks. Ian Mike D and Bonnet Dutch will fill you in right now. There must be something in the water in West Orange. I preach such avant-garde kids are gonna start shit. In parks where we spit arson and sparks flips. That's its county, America's armpit. Carnival. Oh boy, that flea market. I bought a crossbow there. Can I imagine it was sort of a two Roman legions charging at each other? Uh, Intertown fighting. Some people have been there in the middle of the night to whip pumas with belts. The last time I got in a fist fight, I threw a carton of Clinton's orangeade at a man's face. I'm gonna take it to this terrible crime-ridden city and then I'm gonna pull my pants down on it. No, I've never had a hoagie in my life. Or a grinder. This is like a weird vortex that doesn't apply to the laws of time and space as I know. Welcome to Woe Town, everybody. This is, of course, a podcast where three friends who grew up in the same hometown in New Jersey and went to the State University of New Jersey, Rutgers, same time, get together, talk about how weird their hometown was, and talk about New Jersey in general. Mike D., how are you doing tonight? Doing great. I want to... I want to dedicate this episode to every place kicker that's ever shanked it, <laughs> especially if you're from if you're from West Orange. Look at that inside joke of something we were catching up about moments ago. Nikki Bonaduce, how you doing? Everything's going good. It's Monday. I made it through the day. It was a little cold out, but uh, had our first taste of uh, fall slash winter. And uh, I'm home now, and I'm talking to you guys. So life is good. Now. We've been thinking, we've been sitting, we've been brainstorming what topics are appropriate. Because I kind of feel like we're three people who really have a lot of love for Jersey, fascination with Jersey. I've talked about this with both of you guys extensively. It's it's something we care about. And here's something that's been going around lately on, on a bigger than Jersey level. It's Action Park. Everybody's loving Action Park. We all grew up love and action park the stories fly this is true i was actually in the hbo max documentary class action park about it there's a book out now there's a hulu show coming out soon about action park everybody's talking about action park and everybody knows we don't need to cover action park again really fucked up place a lot of people died a lot of actual mayhem i think really representative of the era when we grew up but we were talking about it last week and i feel like there's actually there's more to New Jersey in this area than Action Park. There's more stories about more places, lesser known places, some of them smaller, one of them arguably bigger than Action Park where Action Park has overshadowed it. We're going to cover it all. We're talking about the amusement park culture of New Jersey tonight because it, it's not just Action Park. Action Park's part of a a larger foundational cultural thing. Uh, I know for West Orange uh, all of us probably starts at the smallest level that you see. This is, of course, the annual carnival, 
which I don't even know how to explain to people what it, what it was like when the carnival came to town. It, how would you guys describe the vibe when we knew the carnival was coming? Uh, intertown fighting was a big <laughs> thing. Like that was like everybody. It's two hundred feet away from the carnival. There's a giant open multiple sports fields where it seemed to be acceptable to have large scale uh, fighting. Between towns and sometimes sports teams. Other kids from this was a known thing. Kids from other towns would storm the carnival. Yeah. And then you'd walk over to Degnan Field and there would be Kumite like environments. Yeah, like it was I think it was I think it was almost like built into the culture of West Orange and, and like Essex County that like every year, like, okay, um West Orange is having the carnival at the high school. Oh, you know what that means? Oh, we're gonna go fight West Orange. And, you know, that would kind of like unite everybody in the school because like, you know what, like not just the hoods are going to go out into the field and fight. Everybody's going to go and fight for the honor of West Orange. Like kids that you never thought would fight would go out there and be like, that's it. I stole my dad's golf club tonight. I'm going to go beat the shit out of these guys. Yeah. It was like like a tradition to have organized like hundred person fights in that field. It was almost like, you know, at the bottom of the carnival flyer, it would be like the whip, (laughs) the scrambler, Zapalos. Then it would be like. 100-person gang fight. <laughs> but even though they knew that that was going to happen, like, there was, I think, I don't know if it was just, like, our junior, senior, let's say, 94, 95, <laughs> like, that the like the county sheriffs always patrolled that thing. And, like, you know, if you have any experience with, like, the county police growing up in West Orange, like... Who was? No, I mean, they were generally kind of <laughs> reasonable if you weren't being a complete idiot, you know? But, like, there was a point where I remember going to, like, the West Orange Carnival and the county sheriffs had like shotguns and like they were like standing around with their shotguns. And it was like, Oh, that's weird. Like, you know, when you say the county police are reasonable, you, you of course are not counting ham hock, the notorious ham hock amongst yeah, the reasonable like, county cops. Ham, ham hock, a notorious pain in the ass to Western uh, chief everywhere. Came from, um, you know, a place of like tough love. And tough was, love from Hammock. We'll let everybody figure out. Because you never we'll really, that you, in never a saw him, you never saw him from like his shoulder <laughs> blades up. You never saw his head because he would be standing next to the car and he would and be rubbing his arms like this. Yeah. Like, Roll down your window, and he would place his giant forearm <laughs> with a with a six you know diesel mag light gripped o'clock. in the you know window. Ten o'clock, well. ten o'clock. We roll through here. What are you fucking idiots still doing here? <laughs> Do you have anything in the car? His no. forearms so big yeah. that he earned the name because his forearms were as big as ham hocks. Hence his name. And like those good hams you get from Spain, yeah, not those like crappy, yeah, Portuguese, crappy ham. West Jersey hams. No, it, talking, it's, but this is artisan ham hock. Let's focus back up on the carnival because the fighting was a big element of it. But it, it did feel like the most dangerous week of the year, and the fighting was a small part of that. It also felt like any ride at any time we assumed could be a death trap. Well, they, yeah, I mean. Any carnival ride, like those, the portable carnival rides that like show up with carnies included, like are notorious death traps. And I mean, they even like, you know, touched on that in like the Sopranos. Remember, like when Paulie's paying off the guy because he like you know didn't fix the fucking right, the, the, the scrambler. <laughs> yeah, it's, what the fuck's wrong with you? You didn't change the fucking bolts. He's like, you know, whatever. Like that probably didn't even go on there. There was nobody protecting the people of West Orange against the carnies that invaded every year. And speaking well, of also, the carnies, I'll go for it, Mike T. I was, it also felt dangerous because 
right? You, you would go to school like it was a normal thing. And then all of a sudden there were like 150 carnival workers yeah. living behind the school. <laughs> so there, all of a sudden it was like a separate like medieval subculture. Like you couldn't go use the field near the, the Lincoln gym because like, it was oh, going to be inundated with like carnies. A, a hundred drifter is living behind the school. So like, of course it felt dangerous, you know, there's also one guy and we're not naming names here. He was from down the hill. He's from my side of town. Of course, of course. Every, every true psycho. And I think he was maybe two years older than me. So a year below you guys. And there was a very strange phenomenon where the carnival would come to town and each year this kid would be working it specifically the hall of mirrors and oh, it was like, dude, the hall oh. he was a weird guy in general. He's hard to have a conversation with. There's some, there's some issues there, but you'd say to him, you'd go, dude, what are you doing? He'd be like, oh yeah, I just picked up a gig. And it was like, are you running away with the carnival or not? Cause I cannot see any world in which you just applied for this part-time work and got it. Like what is it's going like on? It's like a word of mouth kind of job. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, Johnny, he needs some help on the fucking Gravitron <laughs> this year. Like, do you want to go over there? I'll pay you 25 bucks. You run it all night. Like, and you can eat all the fucking say, you can eat all the fucking Zapoli. You fucking can fucking shove down your big fucking pie hole. You get a, you get a bottle of Windex, a roll of paper towel, you clean them off. That was like pre-fried Oreos, so Zapole was it. And now, the Gravitron was mentioned. I do feel like amongst our group of friends, the Gravitron had the most... We had the most fascination with the Gravitron. Why do you guys think that was? This is, of course, the ride where it spins in a circle super fast, and you eventually stick to the wall while the floor <laughs> goes away. I feel like we did consistently... Speak they of had the a Gravitron. professional like taunter on the Gravitron with like a PA system and like loud music blaring, so... You know, let's you not know impersonate him yet. We're no, going to end this episode impersonating the Gravitron guy. So let's save that. <laughs> let's save that. I don't even mean that, but like what other attraction had their own like DJ, like catcalling people to it. And it was True. always like in the middle. Well, it also, it also suspended physics briefly while you went inside. And especially you heard about it from other people. They're like, oh, there's this thing, the Gravitron. You go on and like, you kind of like float around and you go in there and you would always hear these like, these legendary tales. Like if you take your baseball hat out and you throw it, it'll come flying back at you. Or there's some people who are really good at it. They can go upside down and twist themselves, (laughs) but you don't want to be on there. If somebody gets sick and throws up because the the puke is going to fly right back in your face. So, I mean, these were, you know, you heard if you spit out your gum, don't spit out your gum because it can go up your nose and choke you to death. You heard that. That's a good one. I definitely never heard that one. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, that, that. That could actually happen. Now, Mike D, in our notes document where we all share stories, there's two things I want to ask you about. One is just the uh, just a sentence fragment that reads simply, fingering injuries on these salt and pepper shakers. I need to know what this means. Do you remember? So the, the salt and pepper shakers were a ride where basically you were in, you were in like a little two-seater cart and, and, I, and it would spin... 360 upside down but it would also it would spin on both like the x and the y axis so there would be yes. two people in this little thing shaped like a bullet and it would be spinning in both directions and it went really fast and i would say as far as carnival rides went that was probably like the top of like the scary chain for carnival rides like not counting things that were going to fall apart if i remember one that too you would look at i never went on that one because when you would look oh, at right. how it was running it seemed to revolve largely around two bike chains running it 
Everything ran on it. bike chains at the carnival. Everything at the goddamn carnival looked like it was like rigged up bike chains and lawnmower. I was going to say lawnmower motors it. and bike chains. That's, That's the whole it. business model. With that and like gears. So Mike D, these two spinning bullet shaped salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> well, so right when 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 you're a teenager, maybe I don't know, maybe other teenagers had healthy relationships with sex or proper sex education, but that didn't occur where we grew up. Oh, no, 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 no. So there, you know, there would be these sort of like these rumors going around of like different things you could do, and so every year around carnival time, people would start talking to you, like, you know, if you really want your girlfriend to like you, what you do is you bring her on the salt and pepper shaker and you start fingering her. And so I'm like, now thinking back, and I'm like, what? So you're telling me that you, like, uh, 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 to a teenage boy and girl, are going to get into this carnival ride, which spins you upside down, and also at the same time spins you left to right, and you're going to start performing manual sex while this thing is spinning, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, no, this is what you got to do, like, the motion, the whole thing, it's, like, real, real <laughs> sexy, women love this, and I'm like, oh, they must, like, spinning in a carnival ride at a hundred miles an hour when you have about probably two minutes and 20 seconds for this entire thing to occur from beginning to end. And so people would always talk about this. There's one person I could think of who's a huge proponent of this. I mean, he would go around telling everyone like, this is what you got to do. Trust me. Like I am, I'm a Latin lover. I know what's good. This is the thing you do. And so I remember one year, after whatever the first or second day of the carnival rumors start going around they're like oh did you hear about so and so I'm like no no you know uh, she had to go to the hospital really like oh what happened like uh, she, was, she was getting fingered on the salt and pepper shaker horrible injury <laughs> terrible injury oh, and then for oh, years this would be be talked about and Part of it was like, well, of course you become injured. How could you not do think of what you're doing? But those were, I mean, I guess that kind of passed for the West Orange version of, of sex education. And Mike, you've also listed simply the words Enrico Fighter, which I do not know the context of. Oh, Nick knows about Enrico Fighter too. So there, there was a... This was the time when <clears throat> Street Fighter 2 was the big, oh, the big video go. game. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And right, the, that was sort of the first big arcade fighting game. Yeah. And I'm sure no one on here listening to this knows what an arcade is, but it was a physical space you went to up where they Montville, had video the games. Red Church up in Montville. That was the one I went to. Yeah, we used to, I used to go there when I was a kid, too. Fun World, I think it was called. Yeah, it was something. It it changed like several times growing up, but yeah. that was an awesome arcade. It was like in an old church or some shit, right? Yeah, it was like yeah. a big red church on the hill, yeah. right across from uh, forty six Spanish place. Yeah, so oh, Don we, Pedro's, Don Pedro's. Yeah, yeah right there. Don so, Pepe's. I'm sorry, Don Pedro's. Don Pepe's. There's like Don Pepe's up there. Almost positive, but anyway, sorry, I rambled off. So, how does Enrico Fighter and fighting <laughs> games tie into carnival culture? Well. So Street, Street Fighter 2 is the big thing, and wherever it was, you would go play. So there was a pizzeria near, our, near where we lived at Essex Green called Enrico's. And a couple of kids that we went to high school with worked there. And so we would go up to Enrico's to play Street Fighter 2. You know, we'd go get our quarters and break out, doll seam, get, get our thing, get beaten, and leave. 
And one time we went up there, and one of the guys who worked in the pizzeria, who is like kind of a notorious local tough guy, and he was known for wearing. He was actually kind of a nice yeah, guy, yeah, but he was known. Yeah, yeah, was he was nice. known for wearing a giant golden Mickey Mouse face with emeralds for eyes. I mean, huge. You could have like worn it as a Mickey Mouse mask. And he worked at the pizzeria. And we went in there one day, and he was like, oh, you want to play Street Fighter 2? I'll play you. I'm like, yeah, sure. So we're playing, and about like 10 seconds into the game, all of a sudden, he does this move where he flies off the screen out of one side of the video game and he comes to the other and all of a sudden the game gets really fast like hyper speed and he beats me in my, my game and my quarter are over in a few seconds and I'm like what? He's like this is a special street fighter. He's like, it's called Enrico Fighter. Because Enrico's was the name of the P3. He's like, we had it modified. You can do all kinds of things you can't do. So they had a bootleg Street Fighter 2 cabinet where if you knew the tricks, it was great. But basically, it was a sucker's game because you would go in and the guy who worked at the pizzeria would be like, oh, you want to have a match? And he would hit a few buttons and just blow you away off the screen. So it was like, a, you know, and there was always a little bit of betting involved. They, had, they had one of those at fucking Town Dogs on Harrison Ave as well. Corner Harrison, you know? A modified Street Fighter? Yeah, like some hacked Street Fighter where people could... There's like one guy who traveled yeah. around like hacking Street Fighter too. I'm sure. Devil's he probably worked gone. at the carnival. <laughs> the other great thing that used to happen because we lived in West Orange and that was at South Mountain Arena was uh, when the zoo, when the um, the, uh, the uh, circus used to come to town. Yeah, and it used to and come through Colgate do... Park when I was really young too, man. Oh my God, man. They used to, I, I swear to God, I never saw like, I had seen like Ringling Brothers. I saw like a three ring circus, but like, to see a three-ring circus at South Mountain Arena, like there was like so much going on, and that was like just a regular traveling, like you know, circus at the time. I think all those all those poor like companies probably are out of business now. At least you were, at least yours was in the arena. Ours, they used to come to Colgate Park and yeah, set up a tent. Yeah, that's even cooler outside. Set up yeah. a tent. Yeah, it's but a come real circus. on, you guys have been to Colgate Park. This is not a good circus. This is not a good circus. I remember being about three years old. I lived on Franklin Avenue down the block. We went and they were advertising a tent with the world's largest primate. They said the world's largest grill. I went in. It was an average sized primate. Just it, like somebody's I was dog three. dressed up. I was three and I was like aware. We just got scammed. I'm three years old. I'm like, this is not even a big monkey. This is. It's not even a gorilla. It's not even. Anyway, okay, so I think everybody listening can get the sense. Fist fights, mayhem, fear. This is how we grew up and, thinking And fried of, dough. And fried dough. Fear and fried dough. That's, that's the uh, theme <laughs> when you're a kid growing up. So it's not just Action Park. It's every level of music parks. I want to start with the small ones. There's some out there that... Um, that we all hear about as a kid, and I'm sure we've all been to some. Like when you're a real young kid, land of make believe, way out west. I think that's out near like Alamuchi or something. I went there once. Uh, it's like a kiddie park, and I remember a real. They had a real elaborate ball pit. That was fun. I went once. I'll never forget. They used to advertise like a haunted house. It was in a barn. And my brother, who's three years, two and a half years older than me, my dad was like, "I'll bring Greg in first. They went in there for roughly three minutes and came out, my brother was panic stricken and my dad just looked at me and was like, you're not, we're not, no, you're not, we're not going in there. Nobody is else is going bad? in there. That's awesome. I, to this day, I don't know what was going on in there, but my father would not allow his children inside. This Lots was, of inappropriate touching. This was by far the most child themed park we'll speak of today, the land of make-believe. I don't know if anybody else has been there. 
Uh, I was there as a, sadly, I was there as like, as, as an adult because we, really? we had a friend who, who we had a friend who as an adult got a job at the land of make-believe driving the, driving the train around. And once oh, he was like, oh. I heard who that was. That's He's that like, guy who you were real, you were real oh, tight with him. And then things kind of fell apart. That guy. Legendary, legendary friend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but I mean, I think I was, I was probably 20 at minimum, maybe even older. And he said, "Oh, I got the, I got a job at the land of make believe. I'm I'm riding the train. You gotta you gotta come through. I'll give you free passes." So I, in my head, I didn't really like. I knew I thought it was an amusement park. I thought it was a you know like a, a great adventure, bowcraft type place. So I go there. I'm with you know one or two people. We we get our free passes. We go in, and we're you know we're we're in our twenties. We're college kids. And we're walking around, and I realize it is actually a theme park for three, four, and possibly even five-year-olds might have been too old for it. He's like, do you want to go on anything? I'll give you a pass to ride the train. You know, whatever whatever you want to do. (laughs) Now, and this person, we should say, and I'm not trying to poke fun at this, fits the very West Orange, New Jersey archetype of extraordinarily smart young person who discovers drugs, and then seven minutes later... Is just, just goes right. The Western tradition of going from straight edge to like pr- prison, like legit a pipeline we've all seen in our hometown. Mike, you mentioned Bowcraft. I believe from our uh, prior conversation before the episode, you're the only one of the three of us who's actually been to Bowcraft. I've driven past it a million times because it's roughly a hundred square feet on the side of route 22, a major highway where people die all the time. Blood highway is the nickname of route 22. And they just stuff a little amusement park right there, right next to the Jimmy buffs. Is it in Scotch Plains? Scotch Plains, New Jersey. It's like right in that. Uh, yeah. Right near Snuffy's Snuffy's Pantages Renaissance. Opa, Opa, the flaming Opa, Opa, right down the street. Right past the nobody beats the whiz. That's shaped like a big boat for some reason. <laughs> yeah. The flagship. Yeah. The flagship. <laughs> It's like a PC Richards now. The flagship is where we purchase the recording tape for the legendary Lay Ministers record. Because that's oh my God. The time was the only place we could find in New Jersey like you could buy a recording tape for a recording studio. Um, oh my God. Mike D, having been there when none of us have, tell us a little bit about Bowcraft. Quality place. Uh, doesn't look so when I've been speeding past it at 90 miles an hour, but I wonder what it's we like on the Bowcraft. inside. We went to Bowcraft a lot. I, I don't know why, but it was kind of on the regular rotation of, of things that, that I did with my family. And it's weird because it was ostensibly like a Native American themed amusement park. So you would go and they would give you, you know, an, 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 a headdress and a tomahawk and you could oh. you could make uh, bow and arrows, which I guess is part of why they, they called it Bowcraft and shoot them on this little range. But the rest of it was oh. sort of a... A, a standard amusement park, but probably the, the most awkward time I went to to Bowcraft is I think I was in fifth grade, too too old to be going to Bowcraft, and I was with my father and my brother, and we were in a, a friend of mine from grade school in his backyard in Newark having a little barbecue, and we're sitting around, and I said to my friend, I was you know it would be really fun, we should ask our dads if they'll take us to Bowcraft, and he's like, oh what's Bowcraft? It's this great, great amusement park. It's not that that far away. You can shoot bow and arrows. They've got all this stuff. 
So he goes to his father and and asks him, and I, and I go to my father, Dad, can we can we go to Bowcraft? He's like, what are you talking about? Fucking Bowcraft. Not go to Bowcraft. And then the other guy's father, he comes over. He's like, oh, my son says we should all go to Bowcraft. That sounds great. Well, you know, I'll drive. So my father's like fuming at this point because he doesn't want to go to Bowcraft. He doesn't know <laughs> this family at all. And they go, don't worry, I'll drive, I'll drive. So we all get into this tiny little Volkswagen, like 80s Volkswagen that he has. We're all squeezed into this thing. We we drive to Bowcraft, and as soon as we get there, my friend's father, being a nice guy, he buys us all cotton candy, soda right away. <laughs> We're going around. I go on my first ride, and at this point, I'm just a chooch. I'm way too big to be going on these rides. I'm surprised they even operate it. I go on the roller coaster. I immediately get sick and throw up. <laughs> all, the oldest all kid over. in the park. Oh, by far. The, I mean, it's mostly families with toddlers. And then I come off the ride all half covered in puke, and my father is looking at me. I can't believe this. Like, I can't believe you dragged me to Bowcraft and you're throwing up. So, so I go into the bathroom. I kind of, I kind of clean myself up. I go on the next ride, which is the the Tilt a Whirl. I also vomit again on the Tilt a Whirl. <laughs> puke all over myself. At this point, my my sneakers. Why would you are go soaked. on a second ride? I, I mean, I just figured, you know, I'm at Bowcraft. This might be the last time I ever come here because I'm already too old. I'm with my friend. I want to impress. I want to impress him. I wanted to think I'm a cool guy. Mission <laughs> accomplished. Covered in your own vomit twice. And then I actually threw up one more time on, uh, on the caterpillar. If you remember, it was a small, a slow-moving train with a cover. I know. I think maybe the cotton candy was bad. <laughs> was your father just filled with shame? Oh, he was filled with rage. <laughs> with with rage that not only did he get dragged to Bowcraft and couldn't leave because we had driven in a car with someone else, that we now had to get back into this small Volkswagen with five people where his son was the one who was covered in vomit. Not once, not twice, but three times at a children's amusement park. Now... We've talked about carnival culture, town to town. We've talked about uh, Bowcraft, the land of make-believe. At least Bowcraft and the land of make-believe were aiming to be normal parks. Let's get to the first really weird one we're going to discuss. A place that you wouldn't hear of if you didn't live in New Jersey. A place I've been to a few times. It's up in, I believe, Netcong. It's Wild West City. Who else here has been to Wild West City? Wild West City, the city running wild. Legendary. I've been to Wild West City. Nick, have you been? Yes, absolutely. I went as a young child, and then I went again like when I was probably like 24 or 25. Same exact thing on my end. I'm glad we can tell you best perspective. As you can tell from the name, it's a Wild West City. It's cowboy-themed. It's... It was built, I believe, in the 1950s. I'm going to look this up. And I don't think they've improved a thing since. And there's cowboy shows. That's pretty much it. It it was built in 1956. And never updated. Yeah, it's been sitting there. I'm curious when it actually was built. I don't know. Yeah, 64 years ago. That place has been around 64 years. Was it for real, though? No. What, like an actual Wild West town people lived in? No, I mean like when it was an amusement park, like as oh, Wild West City. My guess is in 1956, people probably thought it was cool, 
Like there were a lot of those. There was a yeah, little yeah, amusement yeah, park at Crystal Lake, Lake in Fair West Orange. Place. Yeah, that was awesome. Is that true? The Crystal yeah, Lake. Yeah, Crystal Lake was like a big like resort kind of. Yeah, there was a lot of that. There was an. Uh, I think there was a, a an amusement park in Irvington, and then they, they all shut down. And somehow Wild West City survives. When you go as a kid, you run around with a fake six shooter, and they lead you on little missions. But they do those crazy shows there, man, where they do the live shows. That's how that guy Constantly. got shot. Well, let's talk about this because. Mike D, you when we were brainstorming this, you brought this thing up, and I thought it was just an urban legend. You found the article. <laughs> a guy in one of these cowboy shows got shot for real. Yeah, it was like originally I I heard that. I remember it was on the news and stuff, and it was like the guy was like pissed off or something. But then they played it off. I don't know some crazy shit. Yeah, they they apparently so Wild West City would would do a reenactment of the OK Corral probably every forty five minutes on the main street and. Two gunslingers would come out and they would face off and shoot each other with blanks. But lo and behold, I'd always heard this story that one day before before going you know on stage, the two cowboy actors had had some kind of disagreement or a spat. So one of the cowboys went out to his car and instead of putting blanks in his gun, loaded his gun with real bullets. And when they went out and did the OK Corral shooting, he actually shot the other cowboy Right, you know, and like actually shot him, and I and this is one of those things where I wasn't sure if I imagined this because it's a good story, but then I did a quick bit of looking up, and lo and behold, this actually happened in New Jersey. The cowboy reenactors might get angry and put real bullets in their guns. And the article you sent it laid out that this cowboy scheme was he was mad at the other cowboy, and he figured, oh, I can pretend this was an accident. We can pretend this is like a uh, prop malfunction. Whereas in what I what he actually did was willi- willfully murder another cowboy in front of a group of gathered children. I also remember the shows did not vary that often when I went. There was only probably about three or four shows. So if you spent more than two hours there, you were just seeing the same shows on a loop over and over again. So these kids watched the normal one and then probably hung out. And when it came back around to that reenactment, a man died in front of them. And they all had to learn how the Wild West really worked. Yeah, when I went there and they were doing those live shows, it was like, uh, as an adult, I was like, oh my God, like, they're really like, I just I didn't register. Like, they're throwing themselves off the roof of these, like, tin roofs and, like, real, like, dramatic hitting the ground. And when I was there, the guys were on the ground and they were, they had just, like, done their stunt where they came off and they were laughing so hard and they were on the ground. They were trying to, like, stop showing that they were laughing. And then they got up and they started talking in Russian to each other. I was like, what? In the- Russian? Yeah, they were they like were Russian. I'm a Russian cowboy, yes. I come to Wild West City. I know, that's what I'm saying. What's like, those guys were all like, they were like Russian dudes working as like shoddy stuntmen and jumping off fucking buildings. So they're probably fucking getting loaded every night. That's the thing know, at Wild West City or in the world of. In New, in New Jersey theme parks. There is a huge number you can get. This is I, I'm not making this up. There is you can get a summer visa from Russia to the U.S. to work in amusement parks. Casinos down here, like the oh yeah, my, like, Lucky Leos. It's all if, like hot Russian chicks and it, stuff like that. Yo, like if you go to if you go to Fantasy Island, we just went last Beach weekend. Island. There was like all these hot Russian chicks, man. It was like unbelievable. Same thing yeah, in LBI. What's the LBI? What's the LBI thing? If you if you go to um, Fantasy Island, which is the big amusement park, well, it's small, but it's the all big amusement park for Long Beach Russian Island. Chicks, man, everyone like, working there is from hot. Russia, and if you talk to them, there's like a service. And so sweet, that basically, like you just want to marry them. 
Like they'll be like, I I get you a green card. So you're telling me every amusement park, the Jersey Shore, which we don't even have time to talk about the Jersey. That'll be its own episode someday. The Jersey Shore. You want to talk Wait about fucked summer. up, dangerous? Yeah, that has to be a summer thing. You're telling me these are all populated by temporary workers, all from yeah, Russia. Yeah, there's local people. Yeah, too. they're. Yeah, they, I mean, there are some, but they, they have run these, that like, shit too. There's like they're agencies like, that bring that them like over. The tickets and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they got a yeah. whole racket. It's a real thing. If you talk to the people, I was asking them, I'm like, oh, I'm like, you're like, where are you from? And she was like, oh, I'm from Odessa. And we started talking. And she explained, oh, there's an agency in Russia that if you want to come to the U.S. for five months, they'll get your visa, get you your job. You, you stay in Long Beach Island or Seaside and work at an amusement park for the summer. Now, I, I, they. I am. I will. I would bet money. They tell these kids, "Oh yeah, it's New York. You get to go to New York." And uh, in reality, you know, you're working. You're jumping off a hot tin roof in Wild West City, is out in Netcong, New Jersey. They're like, you'll get to meet legendary American performer Uncle Floyd at Wild oh, West City. We got to talk about this. Wild West City. Uncle Floyd the did the commercials for Wild West City. If you don't know anybody hearing this, if you don't know Uncle Floyd, listen, look him up. He's a legend. I would say in my work, actually, he's been very uh, inspiring. He, he ran his own homemade TV show. It had a bunch of puppets, but then the musical guests were cool. He was like an old vaudevillian. He can play like a million songs on the piano. He's got a bunch of old-timey jokes. He rules. He's kind of a crotchety old man these days. Uncle Floyd... Absolute New Jersey legend, yeah. the highest. Nick and caliber. I have seen Nick and I have seen Uncle yeah. Floyd together. Look, uh, if you ever have a chance to ever see Uncle Floyd, if it's at like do some, it, just do it. You'll have the best time. Either even if you go to like when he does like the Italian like places like or the you know social clubs or whatever or Knights of Columbus something like that. Go for like the more ethnic one, but then also go for his regular shtick too because that's great too. I I, I just love that kind of like. I don't know I like that kind of performance. That that really like gets me going. I love that shit. And because like, he know? does have an Italian themed show for other American Italian yeah, yeah, He's if if you don't know Uncle Floyd, if you've ever watched the Conan O'Brien show, his band leaders are the Vivino brothers, Jerry and Jimmy Vivino. Their older brother is Floyd Vivino, aka Uncle Floyd. So a very musical family, and he's clearly kind of the uh, he's clearly kind of the outlier, doing some weirder stuff his own way. Good morning, and, Vietnam. Oh, he's in Good Morning Vietnam. When yeah. I did my public access show, I, he was the first person I ever emailed to see if he'd be a guest on the show. Because I'm like, I grew what up watching say? his homemade TV show. No one ever smacked me down harder. I tried to book really? Uncle Floyd three <gasps> times to be on my TV show. Even if it you paid him? Po- well, dude, it got to the point where we were on True TV. We were on national TV. Yeah, yeah. And national cable on? network. He was like too good He for was it. like not interested at all. Wow. I was like, anything it takes. And I mean, Even we had from biggest- like the perspective of being like a local... Yeah. Dude, I couldn't get him at all. And I'm like, not trying to pat myself on the back. We had Will Ferrell on my TV show. We had, yeah. you had John Hamm on your TV John show. John Hamm. Yeah, I can't right. get Uncle Floyd. The guy, big timey man, but I love him to death. He runs, he has a radio show. Like he plays old timey Italian music. He supposedly has the world's biggest yeah, oh, collection on, of vinyl. Uh, WFVU, I think, Fairleigh Dickinson. He's on like 89.1. Like on the weekends, on, I think on Saturdays. Rumor has it he has the biggest collection of vinyl music in the entire world. Oh, I can imagine. I think he's been married several times, too. That pretty interesting. Uh, good old Uncle Floyd, man. Yeah, good old Uncle, Uncle Floyd, Floyd and Oogie. Wild West City, to wrap up, there's two things Sorry. I want to note that are important. No, you know, I'm, I'm just the host trying to move along, and then we go on our tangents, and then I say, <laughs> now's the time to strike. Wild West City, I legitimately think it is 
not as large as one New York City block. I, I think you could not, I think you could walk from 6th Avenue to 7th Avenue and it's probably twice the length of Wild West City. Uh, Am I remembering even, that right? It's tiny. If you walk small, into, if you walk into, yeah, just like all those, all those buildings are like in literally probably like a three hundred foot area, and, and then that's there's where like, like the stagecoach comes running course. through, like all kinds of crazy shit like that. It's the tiniest place. And Nick, having been there as an adult as I have, one of the most important things to note for any parents, <laughs> if you're out there listening, you go, oh, maybe I'll take a chance on this place, bring my kids. For the parents, the bar is open and the saloon is real. They yeah. actually serve. <laughs> You see a lot of kids running around with, with big orange foam cowboy hats and a lot of adults with red cups just drinking on the streets of Wild West City. And Space Farm. I forgot about uh, Space Farms in the same area. Space Farms. I went there as an adult. You used to see the commercials for Space Farms constantly yeah. in Jersey. But oh, yeah. That, that's pretty uh, far that, from that us. camp. Young People's Day Camp, too. That was the other ad that was on all the time. That's out, like, up Route 23. I went there when I was probably 23, 24. Space Farms is a zoo, but it's like... Uh, they just basically crammed a zoo into a backyard. It's a sad place. And they, they used to have the world's biggest bear, Goliath, and now they have the world's biggest stuffed bear, which is dead Goliath. Wow. Still Did trying they stuffed to make, them? Yeah, they stuffed them. They're still trying to make a buck off of them. I think his name was Goliath. Let me check this I out. I think you're, you're right. I mean, that place, it, Space Farms, I, I remember, I only went there once as a, as a kid. Yeah, and I just remember right. leaving and feeling extremely sad. Uh, you know, it's like the Johnny yeah. Marr of of amusement parks. Like you just leave downcast and feeling bad. And I, the <laughs> only thing I remember super clearly is there was one thing, an exhibit or something, but it was it was just a shed filled with rusty old tools. Oh, and I don't understand what this was supposed to be. This is I, where the blacksmith works. I wait. I gotta look something up because you just triggered a memory. Of mine, do they have? Do they have a collection of fucking coffins, and like child-sized coffins, or am I am I completely? Maybe I just remember going into a barn filled with rusty old what? tools, and it looked like my grandmother's basement. And I was, why would, would anyone pay money to come into this? Well, when you go on their website, they it's a zoo and museum. So we must be talking about the museum. They have fifty antique cars and motorcycles, old-fashioned carriages and wagons that traveled all over the country, an Eskimo exhibit, fluorescent mineral theater, weapons and rifles from both the Revolutionary and Civil Wars. Primitive tool barn. Oh, here's what I'm thinking of. Doll Museum containing a rare collection started hundreds of years ago. They got a blacksmith shop, a one-of-a-kind com- complete miniature circus, hand-built train set. Indian and they have extreme pizza. Looking at one of the pictures, on the one side is extreme pizza. Extreme pizza. So you go to Space, Space Farms, Farms uh, Zoo and Museum, and then you stop place. for a slice oh, of extreme, extreme pizza. pizza. See the pictures? Yeah. It, There's it does little look deer extreme. running around and stuff. Look at that. The little baby deer. That is a pretty extreme pizza. Now, oh look, old cars. Oh, I'd go there. I want to get to something, and you know, we're running, we're running a little long because this is a lot of reminiscing, a lot of memories here. But one thing, and I love Action Park. I loved being a part of the of the dialogue of it. I'm quoted in the Wikipedia on Action Park from my Weird New Jersey <laughs> article. That's a major I love being injured <laughs> at your bachelor party at oh. Action Park. <laughs> my bachelor party, Mike D, you were there. Like, still, and Mike D, you coined a phrase. I was so proud to use a certain phrase in that Class Action Park documentary, and you coined the phrase. I stole it. It is the condition at Action Park where you walk around without shoes on and you get 
Chopped meat feet. Chopped meat feet. Mike D taught me about chopped meat feet. I was proud to immortalize it on HBO. But I will say, I do think it may have been my brother or another one of our friends who actually were the victims of chopped meat feet. I yeah. luckily was smart enough to purchase $4 aqua socks. Yes, I did. Well, they had a good scam there, which was you could buy aqua socks from them, but then you couldn't wear them on half the ride. So that was a, yet what? another action park flim flam that you get sucked into. Now, one thing that has happened with the explosion of action park chatter. We all know when we were kids, not f- too far below the action park stories were the great adventure stories. We're going to go ahead and pause right there, everybody, because I'm telling you the great adventure stories. They're no joke. Anybody listening from New Jersey is going, yup, let's get into it. Great adventure, baby. So we're going to have a couple ads. Maybe some are real. Maybe some are fake. Who knows? You have to listen to find out. We'll be right back. I know everybody out there can relate to this. You're sliding down a rope and bam, there's a hole in your tabby socks. These are, of course, the socks that ninjas wear and everybody out there has worn them from time to time. At one point, I was burning through two or three pairs of tabby socks a week, but guess what? Not with ninja socks. Ninja socks last because they're made with a proprietary wool and synthetic blend, antimicrobial fibers that fight off smells. One pair held up through an entire remake of the pirate ship scene in the Goonies. But here's the best part. Every pair you buy, Ninja Socks gives a pair of tabby socks to a neighborhood ninja in need. Everybody has a ninja in their neighborhood from their crew they grew up with. Take care of your neighborhood ninja by buying tabby socks. You know what the most requested item is at ninja schools after clean face masks? It's tabby socks. Not ninja stars, not size. It's tabby socks. So not only are you feeding your own ninja spirit, you're feeding the ninja spirit of another neighborhood ninja indeed. Every neighborhood deserves a ninja. Every ninja deserves tabby socks that make you smile under your mask. Hey everybody, Chris here. I hope you enjoyed that fake ad for socks that ninjas wear. It's all going to make sense soon. You're going to hear the many episodes of this show refer to a character we grew up with known as the neighborhood ninja. Keep your ears peeled for that. In the meantime, I want to let you know we got t-shirts, belowthecollar.com slash Chris Gethard. You go there, there's all kinds of t-shirts, man. There's general ones related to the project, Great New Jersey is the World t-shirt, Fizzy Boys t-shirts, Town t-shirts, and specific to this episode, you got the Theme Park Workers Union t-shirt. Mike D designed this one himself. It looks great. It's a it's it, it, if you want to join the theme park workers union, you go ahead. You get this T-shirt. Remember, Patreon subscribers, five dollar tier, you get ten percent off all this stuff, and then the ten dollar tier, you get twenty five percent off all that merch. So, go check it out now. Support the show. Thanks so much. The ads are over and done with. Now let's get back into our amusement park discussion. Specifically, let's dive deep into Great Adventure. Now, one thing that has happened with the explosion of action park chatter, we all know when we were kids, not too far below the action park stories were the great adventure stories. And this has been kind of uh, surpassed in modern times due to the, uh, I feel like action park has taken up all the oxygen in the room. But in reality, Six Flags, maybe because it's a Six Flags park and Six Flags is a reputable chain, people forget. Great adventure... Yeah. Great adventure. There's a lot going on. I mean, the most famous story that everybody in New Jersey heard was, of course, they made you wear a hairnet if you had long hair on the free fall ride because 
a girl had long hair, went on there, her hair got tangled up, and her scalp was ripped off of her head. This is a story I heard when I was four years old. My whole life I heard Legendary. That. I don't know if that's true. Everybody heard a girl got her hair ripped off, her scalp got ripped off her skull, that she landed at the bottom of free fall, and I guess she was just a regular body and then a skeleton head. I don't know. But that was a story you heard. I got skeletal face. My skull got ripped off my head. <laughs> I wonder if they probably the scalp is still like in the gears. You could actually yeah. they just couldn't. Uh, we have to take the whole thing apart to get this they took out. The scalp Let's and just, they hung it on the wall at uh, Space Farms. Yes, it's it's hanging. This yeah, is it's, a scalp from down the road. You <laughs> can see it while you eat your extreme pizza. <laughs> Now, I, I had really always heard... Some, I got extreme pizza right here, actually. Lightning Loops was a roller coaster from when we were kids where it was very simple. You'd nice. go in a forward loop, go up, it would send you in a backward loop. One summer, Great Adventure opens for the season, Lightning Loops is gone. Rumor went around, somebody, too many people were snapping their necks, breaking their vertebrae on it. Mike D, you researched this one as well. You got to the bottom of the Wild West City story. It was worse. It wasn't that people were injuring their necks. Someone died. Someone fell off the lightning was, and died. Yeah, it, it was sadly a a young woman was not properly strapped in strapped in by the great adventure attendant and plummeted to her death. And I don't know whether I'm proud or ashamed that I spent over ninety minutes today using a research database that I use for work, looking up accidents at Great Adventure. And I was able to, to confirm many, many of these things. Um, but that was one that, that Lightning Loops had a fatality, and they, they just decided to, to do away with the ride, which seemed to be, from what I could tell looking at all this, was a pattern at Great Adventure. They would basically run a ride until someone was killed and then dismantle it. Same thing. They had a haunted house that burned down, which I, I have said publicly before. I think probably the worst way to die, trapped in oh. a, and it had a hall of mirrors in there. Like, it, the, is there a more horrible way to die than burning to death in a, <laughs> an attraction that's built maze-like so you can't get out? It's that's brutal. Ah! brutal. It was out, it was near the log flume. It used to be near the log flume. And you, you had to go on the log flume. Log flume was great. And Splashwater Falls, which was the other log flume, which just went up and down and soaked you to death. The other log flume was more of a ride. I like the yeah, other Yeah, if one. it was hot out, though, you go in there, the first Ooh. thing you do is you ride the log flume, yeah. get wet, and then you walk around. Well, you can sp- stand on the bridge below Splashwater That's Falls, true. too, and they just launch a tidal, a tidal wave of filthy standing water onto you. <laughs> just herpes-infested, ringworm-infested water from Splashwater Falls. Now... Mike D, you were saying that the that the haunted house story is is awful, and I would advise no one else to make the mistake of ever watching the documentary that details this. But the thing that really bothers me about this, and but I think says a lot about Great Adventure, is so eight teenagers were killed in this haunted house fire. And no one knew that they had died until many, many hours later because they were not able to tell apart the like animatronic monsters from the bodies of the people who were burned there. And so the coroner had to come in and use different colored body bags. So they were body bagging up fake animatronic things in one color and actual people in another. And Um, this is our childhood. This is our childhood. I want to point out the whole theme of this podcast. We're not saying these things for shock value. We grew up literally where the things we did for fun 
involved people from other towns descending on mass to beat us up in our hometown. And then when you traveled away from your hometown, you might burn together next to like someone from the Chuck E. Cheese band. And I'm not trying to make fun. This is just true. This is how we grew up. This was our second most dangerous amusement park where your body might be charred next to an animatronic Frankenstein. That's, this is personally as an adult and, um, looking at these things, like from a more like technical standpoint and like doing like heavy construction, like I don't ride roller coasters anywhere, but after knowing what I know now, like I know that that shit will fail at some point. Like, you know what I mean? Mechanically, like, the odds are just against you. The things are running nonstop, like day and night. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't go on those fucking things. Like, you're gonna die. I don't believe. At some point, remember? Do you remember like two them. summers ago? There was all those people are getting stuck upside down. It was like a pandemic. Like uh, every uh, every like amusement park in like the nation, people are getting stuck on these rides, like upside down. Everything fails mechanically, man. Don't go on those things. And you work. They'll kill you. You work in construction. You work with yeah, like all that stuff is like anchor bolts and like structural steel and. Um, you know, what I see in regular building process, like the, the, after everything's being like, you know, ridden that much and stuff like that, it becomes structurally like on sound, like, but I don't even think they follow the protocols to like ensure that like that stuff is really as safe as like you think it should be. Like, I just don't, like, I see it being done. Like, I know, like, I'm like, at some point, like the fucking thing's going to like fly off the fucking rail. But I guess if you're a thrill seeker, then that's part of the thrill. You know what I mean? I don't like the feeling of gonna die. For Sorry. for many years, you know, I, I lived in Brooklyn, very close to Coney Island, and I I was a frequent visitor to Coney Island because it was ten minutes away from me. And so the cyclone, the super famous wooden roller coaster, one day the cyclone was going, um, and all of a sudden it jammed to a stop at the top of the biggest hill. And no one could figure out what was wrong. They had to call the like the emergency services unit, which is essentially if the cops need a cop, that's who you call. They're the well-trained guys. So they they basically put up these chains on the side of the thing. They walk up to the roller coaster and they get every person off and walk them down off the roller coaster. They take the whole thing apart and they figured out what happened was someone was riding the cyclone and his wig flew off and flew underneath the axle and jammed up the wheel of the cyclone. So essentially someone in Brooklyn's toupee can bring a roller coaster to a stop. Now I want to talk because great adventure stories going, not just the tragedies. I know I, for one, my, you, uh, you guys know my brother as well as anybody. He, he, when it's time for somebody to be like a shit talker, he can really love it. And he used to love taunting the guys who had to dress up as the Warner Brothers characters. And my brother one time was fucking with Foghorn Leghorn so bad. We were on our way out of the park. And I think my brother had run into this guy about four times that day and is like standing on the end of his feet because, you know, the foot's like, you know, 18 inches longer than his actual human foot. <laughs> He's holding his tail when he tries to walk away. And my brother eventually pissed off Foghorn Leghorn so bad that my brother was in sixth grade. Foghorn Leghorn took his fucking hat and threw it into a fountain. I watched it happen. That's that. These are the people in these costumes. But well, I mean, who do you think is dressing up in a freaking costume at a like amusement park? Like yeah. somebody was like, oh, you know, what I mean? like I, 
I got this great job. I fucking dress up like Foghorn Leghorn every day. Like, yeah, down there, it's probably some guy who drove straight out of the heart of the Pine Barrens for seasonal Well, you work. know what's interesting about Great Adventure? Great Adventure is a union shop. So, like, Ooh. they use all union, like, carpenters, uh, uh, union laborers, like... Union um, Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah, I wonder if, you, I wonder if like they're a, under the Equity Broadway Union, yeah. I, well, I wouldn't be surprised because they're a, a full-on, like, union shop. I have to look this up. Yeah, it's so cool. So right, there may carry- be Russian teens traveling back to traveling back to uh, to Moscow after a long summer spent in New Jersey, and people are asking them how they are, and they're like, "Well, it was pretty weird, but now I am member of Actors Equity. Get tel- I, I get health insurance. Married, uh, have green card. <laughs> I met now, a nice Greek boy. I think the number one thing." that people outside of New Jersey don't know because we have not done right by this place. There should be articles about not just Action Park, not just Great Adventure, specifically. The Great Adventure Safari, I would say, is by far one of the most fucked up places in all of New Jersey. Agree or disagree? Agree. Agree. One of It's a drive-through safari. It's not a petting zoo. You have to stay in your car for anybody watching it, and you drive through. Which no one does. It's it's been revamped. Note note that it has been revamped, and it's a different experience Well, let's talk about what it was like in the the 90s. the original terror drive of your life is, uh, you know... know, Here, sign this piece of paper, and, uh, you know, just don't fucking stick your fingers out the window. The first sex act I ever witnessed in person was two elephants fucking in the Great Adventure Safari. We come around a corner, and my parents are just like, "Oh God, Jesus Christ!" Do you have a weird elephant fetish now because of it? Oh, I can't get over it, man. Believe me, an elephant never forgets, and neither do I, baby. I've been trying to get back to that mountaintop ever since. Now, all I see is two elephants having sex. Been trying to get back. Yeah, I mean, believe me, every woman I've ever been with has eventually called me out on how when I climax, I go. <laughs> I witnessed it though, doggy style, just mounting each other, full grown elephants. What are some of the things you guys have seen there? Uh, uh, heard about Mike D? You in our notes say that you witnessed personally one of the most long enduring legends of the Great Adventure Safari. I tell us why you you I were did. warned and to not I was bring in with a your brother. car with a vinyl top. I'm talking about the vinyl top. It was a well-known thing in New Jersey. You might remember back in the 80s and 70s, there were these cars that sometimes had vinyl tops. These are no longer in fashion. But they were still around in the 80s and 90s. It was well-known. Faux convertible, we'll call it. Yes. Yeah, half convertible. They would tell you at the beginning, don't drive these cars in, but they wouldn't stop you. And it was well-known when you got to the baboon area, you were in trouble. Now, Mike D., you say you witnessed this personally. I did, so... I think you're, I was with your brother, actually. And if I remember, your, your family th- had some kind of hookup for passes to Great Adventure, yes, right? So my father's so get- company picnic was to Great Adventure each year. And then they'd give each family another set that's to come back. So you awesome. get two trips to Great Adventure a summer. Oh, that's awesome. This is where my dad works. So your brother called me one Saturday morning and said, Hey, I've got free passes to Great Adventure. And the safari. Do you want to go? I was like, count me in. Come. What, how how quick can you be there? So yeah, the extra for the safari. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a separate, a f- yeah. separate, separate physical ticket and everything. So I think it was just Greg and I. I can't remember anyone else being there. So Greg picks me up. We drive down to Jackson, New Jersey, and he said, "Let's go to the safari first. 
yeah. and then that way we can, we can really enjoy it. And if you want to go on the water rides, you don't have to drive through the safari all wet and cold. We don't want to get your parents Saturn all soaking wet. <laughs> yes, there's the no no reason oh, to because you two never destroyed that Saturn in any other way. Chasing hippies through the uh, art park uh, up in Living's Riker Hill Art Park in Livingston, where my brother was. I'm the night Jerry Garcia died. By the way, you went to torment. Oh, do you hippies. remember that? We t- I think you were with us Dude, that night, right? My brother ro- drove over a raised manhole cover. Yeah. I wasn't there, but I was with my mom. Oh my she took God. that car to the fucking shop. Making oh crazy my noise. god! I could only imagine. Dude, I remember that now. Jesus. He, he put it. I was standing there with him. I had to bite my tongue and not tell Do him. Do you remember? Oh my god! Dude, he put the car up on the hydraulic lift, and it looked like. Well, I can't remember who I was. Everything, oh all these pipes god. hanging out, wires snapped. You guys fucked your that. Your brother was up. like the worst driver ever. Yeah. Well, you're. I would say you're second to Mike D. Probably. I mean, we 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 egged him on, but. <laughs> He drove. He's just a bad driver. That's all. Bad Should we tell this story, or it's not? I it's mean, too much of a. Is that like a no? Silos. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Well, I just remember it being a very strange evening. Like it was a very strange look, evening. We were punks. Punks and hippies didn't get along. We were West Orange kids. West Orange and Livingston kids getting get along. Yeah, we so, were like double whammy. So bunch Livingston of weird hippies, punk rockers in Livingston on the night that Jerry Garcia died. Taunting hippies at a known Hip- nuclear Nike. missile base. There was, yeah, a, missile there was base. a hippie yeah. hangout at a park that used to be a nuclear missile base. This is all true. How could this turn out? They here? also, they also, when the Livingston Mall got rid of the whale tail sculptures, <laughs> they put them up there. Go see the That's whale true. tails. Now it's cool. It's like a big like uh, community <laughs> art center. Really now, neat. what I heard, not having been there from my brother, was you guys went up, you were throwing eggs at the hippies, and they were so sad about Jerry Garcia that they flew into a rage and fought back and started chasing you, leading to my brother crashing his car as he drove across a field, which only my Close. brother can do that. Only my brother can drive across an open field and somehow <laughs> crash the car. It was like a weird car. area. There was like, you couldn't tell where the road really was over there. I could understand why he rode off the road. Road, but it was kind of a dangerous area to drive in for sure like especially in the middle of the night and why the cops didn't go up there all the time i have no fucking idea like that just blows my mind like they let me see cops like did they just wait for you to come out of there and then they would pull you over like you know for something stupid like oh whatever oh west orange kid in livingston no, you're that's that fucking... yeah that's it you're going to the husky it was the night that jerry garcia died and we had heard through the teenage grapevine that there was going to be a memorial for Jerry Garcia, which I feel bad about now because, you know, I am, I'll admit, as an adult, I, no, I am you don't. a, don't a dead fan yourself. and have seen the dead many, many times. Anyway, so we heard that there was going to be a memorial for Jerry Garcia, and we were like, well, we're punk rockers. We can't, we can't let this stand. So we drive up to, to Riker Hill, which was an abandoned Nike nuclear missile silo base. And you could drive in, and then there was sort of a couple of buildings and a park with this big field. So we drive down there, we cut the headlights and kind of glide in, and we see there's probably 40, 50 people in a big semicircle with candles of course, some people have guitars. I kind of have imagined there's some hacky sack going on. So we're like, all right, well, you know what we have to do. So we leave and go to 7-Eleven. We see Glam Rock Joe. We buy a couple of dozen eggs. 
we drive back and I say to your brother, I'm like, all right, Greg, here's what we're going to do. You're going to drive onto the field. So we have to drive off the road. You're going to go cut perpendicular to them so we can hang out of the side past their windows in the front and back. We're going to throw this four dozen eggs at these people. And then you just cut it back and get onto the road. So we go and he starts driving. We start throwing the eggs. Everyone starts screaming and going crazy. And then your brother stops. He's for some reason, he just stops driving. Then all of a sudden, this very angry mob of egged hippies starts running towards the car. And I'm like, Craig, you got to get us out of here. You got to get us out of here. They're going to kill us. You know, they're like swinging guitars. They're covered in eggs. Like eggs are in their hemp necklaces. I'm like, oh, shit, we're in trouble. So your brother guns it and cuts the wheel. And it's driving like 50 miles an hour across this open field. And all of a sudden, we hear like, ah. And the car like goes half up on two wheels, but luckily he keeps driving. He's like, what was that? I don't know. I was like, I think you just ran over a, a, an open sewer cover. So we don't think anything of it. He's like, I hope there's nothing wrong. And like, you can feel the car shaking. I'm like, I don't think anything's wrong, Greg. It's fine. Probably just need to like tighten the wheels. <laughs> and we all go home that night and yeah. he just parks the car in your garage. Like nothing happens. And he went, and back, to, he went back to college. And then cut, cut to about 10 days later, I'm down at the, uh, was it Hillman's Auto Body on Main Street? Wilman's. Oh, Wilman's Auto Wilman's. Body. The, oh guy is, the guy is pointing at the bottom of the car going, what, the, what did you hit? My mom's like, what did, my, what did Greg do? She knew. She knew. Anyway, let's loop it back around to that safari. We can, so anyway, I was once, we once went through my dad's van and an emu inexplicably flew into a rage and started smashing its beak into the window trying to get my brother. But you guys know, again, this is Greg Gethard's luck. Did you have like an Astro van? We had like a convertible van uh, with a T. Oh, that's awesome. Well, because my parents were so tired of me and Greg getting in fucking fist fights in the back of a car. So then we each got our own bench. <laughs> so this emu is like smashing its head up against the window trying to get at my brother. <laughs> of course, my brother gets attacked by a fucking emu at the Great Adventure Safari. What else? What else? Mike D, you had started saying uh, you had some stories with my brother there. We got we went off on a sidetrack. Yeah, so your, your brother has these free tickets, a great adventure. We go down there. He decides to do, we're going to do the safari first. We go and we get into the, the safari and we're driving. And in front of us is a church van, which I don't know if they have these all over the country, but in New Jersey... It's, you know, it's a Ford Econoline. It's probably got graffiti on it and churches use it to take day trips. So this van is in front of it. And the way you drive through the safari, you're supposed to keep, I don't know, like two car lengths ahead of you. So we're driving through and we're like, oh, look, there's a, you know, there's some monkeys. There, there are some parrots, whatever. We're driving through. And then a couple of giraffes are there. We're like, oh, wow, they're giraffes. <laughs> and, you know, these things are really close to your car. There's not oh. a fence. There's no. not anything. They're right up to you. So the church man in front of us, the side window opens and this guy starts hanging out of the window and he has a big family sized bag of Cheetos. And he's hanging out of the window with this family-sized bag of Cheetos, and he's holding it up to the giraffe. And the giraffe comes over, and I guess the guy thought it was the giraffe was going to eat the Cheetos, but what it actually did was it grabbed his arm and started pulling him out of the van. And I could see that he was trying to like wriggle out of the van. So he wriggles out and he falls on the ground, and the giraffe is standing him over him over him. And a few seconds later, this little like like a golf cart with a trailer pulls up and two people who are who are I don't think they're real rangers but they were dressed you know dressed like 1920s british adventurers yeah. and helmets and little khaki uniforms 
They come up in this little golf cart. They jump out. They shock the they giraffe with tasers. some kind of long taser. And tasers. then they took this thing that was basically a wire noose on the end of a pole, and they put it around the giraffe's neck. They drag it onto this little tiny cart behind a golf cart. The legs are hanging off the back. You know, giraffes are real long. And they just drive away with this poor animal some, dragging off the back of the cart. Because oh, some asshole could keep his Cheetos in his window. No. One of the things every kid heard about, Mike D, you say you witnessed it. I don't know if I was on that same trip through with my brother. It was known if you have one of these cars with the vinyl tops, they're going to tell you don't go through it, but people insisted. And when you got to the baboon section, the baboon section was notoriously just baboons running amok, doing whatever they wanted. And that was one where they had, at the entrance and exit, there were guys, the way they kept the baboons in their own section, they had these guys with these vicious attack dogs and those tasers. And the baboons would try to flee and get past them and they'd just be tasing them. So the baboons. Fuck with a baboon ever. Like, it was ever. like an unregulated. You were on their turf and it was known they will tear the top off that fuck. Your car will go in with vinyl and it will come out with nothing. Now, Mike, do you witness this? You say you actually saw this urban legend unfold in person. I did. So after the incident with the giraffe happened, they also made the church van turn out. They took it out of the safari off a little access road. So then the car in front of us was something like a like like an old cutlass and which had which had a vinyl roof. And there was a family in it. Mom, dad, two, two kids, son and a daughter. And they're they're right in front of us. And, you know, you can see they're in there and they're laughing. We get to the part with the baboons. And, you know, the baboons are kind of funny. They're jumping on everybody's car. And, they're, and they're, I can see the family pointing and laughing. But what they don't see is there's about half a dozen baboons on the top of their car pulling the vinyl roof to pieces. I mean, they pulled every shred of roof off until it was just bare, rusty metal. And the family, we see them laughing and they're pointing, but they have no idea. Like, they don't see the giant chunks of vinyl flying off. And then one of them jumps on the hood and just pulls the car antenna, bends it (laughs) off, because they tell you to put down your antenna, and runs away with the car antenna, which gets the attention of the father, who I can see is, like, screaming and yelling. And then we get to the end of the safari... (laughs) <laughs> where you drive into the parking lot and the father gets out and he's screaming at the worker. He's like, look at my car. There's no more roof. And they, they're, they're pointing to the sign. It's like, if you have a vinyl or convertible roof, don't go in the safari. But I mean, they picked this roof to bare metal in five minutes. Nothing left. It was, a th- it was known. They'll do that. Everybody knew they might get up on your hood and have sex on your car. <laughs> Everybody knew this. You're laughing because you remember this. And I remember we'd go in my dad's van and you'd see them. They'd come flying. They'd fly. They'd run on top of the car in front of you and leap and fly. And you'd be in the car going, oh, oh my God. And you're like, no, now I'm an adult. I realize they were trying to kill us. If that window broke and they could have gotten to us, these baboons hated man. It was like Planet of the Apes in there, man. They wanted us dead. That's what was really happening. That was it. Definitely. What do you think would happen when there was no one in the safari? Uh, like, what were they doing? What, well, oh, they, I have they a, probably caged them up at night, I guarantee you. It was, they well, probably I have corralled a friend, them and caged them up at night. One of my out, roommates in college. Out of their minds. I got a roommate in college who grew up in Jackson, and it was a well-known thing that uh, kids in Jackson, we should find out where these roads are and go, but you can off-road in Jackson, and if you know the trails, they lead up to the fence along the safari. So it's a popular like dating thing in Jackson. Let's go look at the fucking. Those kids like all know those trails back there. Like 
it's like a whole crazy thing down like Southern Ocean County and like that part of like it's just a crazy area with all these fire roads. So you can get it anywhere. Oh, you can get back there, man. You can go see. I heard that they make the guy, I heard they make the people who dress as not only the animals, like the real animals sleep back there. I heard they make the Warner Brothers characters sleep in the safari cages at night. So you got Tweety, oh, in costume. Sylvester, the kid. You're not allowed for Russians, safety reasons. Those Russians come over and they give them a visa, but the part of the deal is you're never allowed to take off this costume for the whole summer. You are, you are Pepe Le Pew, motherfucker. And you'll sleep You'll sleep by the end of the summer. You have athlete's foot like on your scalp. (laughs) You got to sleep next to the hippo at night, motherfucker. That's how you got to. Oh my god. Well, I think we've proven it. I think anybody who's listened thus far would have to agree. It's not just Action Park. From the carnival that rolls through town to cowboys getting killed at Wild West City to baboons devouring cars. Once again, the premise of this podcast has proven true. Growing up in Jersey, eighties, nineties, there's nothing like it. Now, I like to end each episode with a contest. Here's what I've come up with tonight. Real simple. We mentioned that there was a DJ on the Gravitron. He was notorious for his ability to entice people onto the Gravitron. Each of the three of us will take a turn impersonating this man who has the best attempt to get people on the Gravitron. Um, Whoever loses, whoever has the worst one, Carson, you're going to let us know in the chat. And Carson, don't be shy about it. You're just going to say third place is blank. Nobody's feelings are going to get hurt. Here's what I'm saying. We're all going to Great Adventure. Bring the kids. Now it's a competition, so it's going to get ugly. Bring Bad the families. are going to be said. All right. Loser has to pay for everybody. For what? Gravitron rides? Great Adventure, I'm saying. Oh, Great Adventure? Oh, my gosh. It'll get buy, expensive. We'll, buy like, we'll just buy or, like season passes. Or no, we'll all, let's say this. We'll all go to Great Adventure. Loser has to pay for everybody else to get Orange Julius. Fair. Oh, Orange Julius. I'll, I'll buy Orange Julius round on me. Well, we got to do something for the contest. You're right. We can't ask somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. We can't ask somebody because like, like, that's like. I'll bring the rum. Nobody's, we're not asking somebody to pay for 10 tickets to get eventually. It'll be like $800. On it. So maybe, that's what maybe, I'm saying. Just, I'd be like, we'll just buy a season pass and we'll like. What, what if the, we, we have to take the loser's car through the safari uh, and we get to install a fake vinyl roof on it before we drive through? That's what we'll do. Loser's car has to go through the, the safari. You got to dump a can of Pringles on top. Before you go through, that's what we do. Well, good thing oh, I got some Pringles here. You, Nick, you produced those Pringles. Nice. I was just, I was just eating them. Carson's probably gonna have to edit out like me crunching potato chips like later. I the Pringle bad. filter. All right. So who wants oh, to go first with your? Like here. Huh. Who, who wants to go first with your Gravitron call? Ooh, you can't. Wow, wow. Once you pop, you can't stop, baby. Spin it left, spin it right, everybody, spin it tonight. Giddy, 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 go, Gravitron. Giddy, 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 go, Gravitron. Beat that, motherfuckers. Wow. Are you in it to win it? Are you in it to spin it? Gravitron. We're neck and neck, Carson. You got to rank all three first, second, third because I need to know. I can't even go. Come on, Nick. Nick, you have to. What if you surprise yourself? What if you exceed your expectations? I have to channel my inner carnival. All right, grab your girlfriends, grab your boyfriends, (laughs) grab them by the pussies. Go into the Gravitron and don't drink your mad dog before you go on there. You can go upside down and inside out. 
and make him bleed. Get it, 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 go, grab a draw. You said you couldn't do, but you clearly got first place. No, it wasn't even me. Carson, what's the ranking here? What's the ranking? Carson's going in the chat right now. Remember, third place has to, Nick won, Nick first place. Third place person has to drive their car with a cr- crushed up can of Pringles through Safari on the roof. Nick got we first place. Feel, actually, we're going to cover your car in molasses and Pringles. Oh, God. And even though you can't drive your car through there, There's, we're going to make you drive the your car The loser has there. to drive Greg's car through the Safari. But I like this idea because we crush up the Pringles, put them on top of the car, and then, then the second car drives behind and video t- gets the video. There you go. You I the think with now it would just be like you would just have to like they might stop you now. Tar and feather somebody Ooh. in molasses and Pringles and and make them sit on the safari vehicle I that would. you drive through and see what animal attacks you first. Now we got breaking news: Carson sinks, sudden death for second place. So me, me and you, Mike D, we got to come. Is it a second round of gravitron? Do we come up with another? What do we do here? What do we do? Oh, is there another? We got it. Let's each of us do our best impression of a for the Pringles. For here's, the Pringles. Here's folks. what we're gonna do: best impression of a cowboy at Wild West City trying to get people Uh-oh. to gather up for the OK Corral show. That's hard. I can go for you. Went first on the last one, so Wild West City, uh, the Wild, um, the Wyatt Earp Showdown, the Wyatt Earp Showdown slash Stagecoach Raid. Okay, so combined, <laughs> so. As we all know, those cowboys just kind of wander out into the street and try to get people to start watching. So the Wyatt Earp <laughs> showdown and stagecoach extravaganza. I'll walk out first. Howdy, partners! All my little cowboys and little cowgirls better get out here and bring your replica guns because we're going to shoot them at some racist stereotypes of Native Americans. Yep, yep, yep. Pow, 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 pow. Everybody, hitch right up to the chuck wagon at Wild West City. You don't want to end up in the hooskow, so make sure you put some real bullets in that six-shooter, because old Wyatt Earp here is going to show you how we do it in New Jersey. You know, New Jersey, home of cowboys and the wild frontier, only at Wild West City, (laughs) the city that's running wild. Oh, my God. Okay, Carson. I'm joking. Carson, who... We are all parents. So we have all um, inappropriate. Luckily, Carson is from West Orange, so we're not damaging him any further. No. Mike, Mike won. (laughs) Mike won. I will say, I don't know what order we're. I don't know what order we're releasing these in, but thus far, I have lost every contest, even though I've devised them. Okay, everybody, that was a real, true glimpse into what New Jersey is like now, what it was like in the 80s and the 90s. You keep coming back for Wotan because we're going to keep... Uh, if, you, if you think Action Park has a lot to offer, that's just the tip of the iceberg. We're going to keep going there. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Wotown, everybody. Wotown is produced, mixed, edited by West Orange's own Carson Cop. Theme music by West Orange's own GDP. Thank you for listening, and if you need me, hey, you drive into New Jersey, you shout my name as loud as you can, and then I'll meet you at the Edison Diner. It's on Route 1, right next to the pornography store.
Everybody, that's it. The debut of Wotan, the debut of New Jersey is the world. Don't forget at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. You get our Q&A, you get voices from the jug handle, you get Jersey food reviews, you get a second episode of Wotan. This one's the New Jersey Dictionary. Let's hear a clip from that. Now talk to me about Gabutzel. <laughs> oh, this is a favorite. So a Gabutzel is... Uh, it's, it's like a, a dish you can order. Actually, I don't even think you can order it in a restaurant, but it's something that like my grandmother and other people make at home. And what a gabutzel is, it's a goat's head, but the entire <laughs> head. But, so you get the gabutzel, and it's an entire goat's head, and it's like staring at you with its little like gross little teeth. And then you pull the top off, and everybody eats the brains out of it. That's what a gabutzel oh, is. That's not real. You're never... That's it is real. real. No. You've never had a... I have to look this up. Gabu- never Gabu- had that. What if this was just a bizarre Gabu- thing in your family where you're eating goat brains? And reminder, if you hear anything on any of these shows that sparks a thought, question, comment, concern, rebuttal, 973-780-4660, leave a voicemail, let us know. Patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world for tons of content. We are not out here trying to rip you off. That's not the New Jersey way. Thank you so much to Mike, Nick, Don, and most of all, the backbone of this whole thing, Colonel Carson Cop, West Orange, New Jersey native, who's put so much time and effort into editing and mixing and producing all of this stuff. And all of us, we're just a bunch of Jersey guys trying to make you proud, New Jersey trying to explain our state to the world for you outsiders and we will be back with so much more and if you want to just get hit with great thing after great thing this month go to patreon.com slash new jersey is the world check it out sign up thank you so much new jersey forever